Good morning. All right, three people are excited to be here. That's great. Just really excited. Let's try it again. Good morning. Man, it's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I don't know if you walked outside this morning, but it was cold. Some of some I just heard somebody behind me say it was great. It was cold. So, so especially when my dogs need to go out about four thirty this morning, I was like, I'm not liking this. So now you folks back here, I need y'all to be good. Y'all pray for them because I had somebody try to break in my truck not before last. And so I'm a little skittish. No sudden sounds back here. All right. <laughs> so, but uh, this morning I, I have the privilege of filling in for, uh, for, for your pastor this morning and uh, really excited to be here as they're spending some time away with their, I think it's homecoming week. Uh, for the Baylor Bears this weekend, and we all know he's a big Baylor Bear fan. And uh, fortunately, the the Baptist beat the Mormons yesterday. So, if you, and so I know that he's excited this morning. And I know y'all been in a series of Habakkuk, and I'm gonna ask you not to turn there this morning because I don't know where it is in my Bible. So we're gonna do something a little bit different this morning. But as I stated earlier, I am the area director for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and have the privilege of uh, reaching out to about 150 campuses. Uh, across northeast Texas as well as south Arkansas and uh, we've hired some staff to help out with that so you look at me and go man that's a lot to do uh, you're exactly right because for about the first four to six years I did it alone and I about kill myself doing that and uh, but uh, we've hired some staff and we're doing fills of faith if you've heard of that uh, we've we're this week will be week number four of straight weeks that we've done fills of faith they want a danger field uh, I think you guys attended the one at Pleasant Grove and did one at, a new one in Atlanta last week. Uh, so I know at Pleasant Grove we had about 2,200 kids. I had 117 first-time decisions to follow Jesus. Isn't that good news? Amen? Yeah, yeah, give it up for Jesus. And so I, I, I say that, that here's the good news is that a lot of people want to just kind of give up on this generation, but I refuse to give up on this generation because the last time I checked, the trumpet hasn't sounded yet. And where there's still hope, and his name is Jesus, and the gospel still works. Uh, we've also locally, uh, before the pandemic hit, or however you look at it, pandemic, pandemic, I don't know however you look at it, but uh, in 2020 was a rough year, but just before that hit, we did a court of champions at New Boston High School. Uh, it was full, we estimate somewhere around 800, I think 60 plus decisions in that, and so we're really thankful and uh, I, I just want to, I know that he's going to be embarrassed and, and didn't ask me to say anything this morning. I hadn't even gotten to say hi this morning, but you have one of the best superintendents in Northeast Texas. And I know he goes to church here. And so I, I want to say publicly, I know that he does not get a lot of praise because I sat in a Bible study recently with a group of coaches and they invited the principal to be a part of that. And I went around the room and I asked the, the, what they were expecting out of, out of this Bible study. To which the principal replied, I'm just excited to be a part of a group because administration is very lonely. And I took that to heart because for me, a lot of times I bypass administration, not rebelliously, but I go straight to the field house. But it's caused me to slow down and be thankful for our administration just a little bit more. And Mr. Bobbitt is one of the best in the business. But what I appreciate most about him is he is a God-fearing man. And he loves Jesus, and he wants all of these students that come through New Boston ISD to know Jesus as well. So 
if in your prayers this week, and we're going to talk about that here in just a few moments, I'm asking you to specifically lift up the administration at New Boston High School because I believe that they have the toughest job in America right now. If you don't know it, and I know it from listening, the TA, which is the Texas Education Association, is throwing everything. It's Every day it's something new. Every day it's a new letter having to go out. Every day it's a new... Uh, whatever the situation is, and the House, 40, House Bill 4545 has put a lot of stress on our administration and our teachers. And if you're not familiar with that, you can find that out online. But I'm asking you to pray for our teachers, our administrators. I'm an advocate for them. I believe that they have, they're on the number one mission field in America, which is the public high school and the public middle schools and the elementaries. Amen? So, hey, if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to go to Acts chapter 4. And over the next few minutes, I want to just talk about simply what we've just kind of set up this morning is praying. But not just praying, but bold prayers. Conversations with Jesus. I've entitled this morning, Big Boldacious Prayers. Everybody say boldacious. Now listen, I'm an interactive person. If you want to say, man, you're not going to scare me. I'm not going to duck behind the pulpit thinking you're going to do something. It's okay to say, man, or oh me, or... I just hope, I just told, I told Patrick this morning, I said, my goal is not to make him mad. <laughs> and he said, great. <laughs> so, but uh, I know it is pastor's appreciation month. And so make sure you appreciate your pastor. He does a lot. So boldness, I want you to think about this, these next two phrases as we venture into, into our message this morning. Boldness is a behavior born out of belief. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. So let's back up. Let's look at that statement. Let's break it down a little bit. Some of us may be in this room. I know we're church. We go to church. We attend church every Sunday. Maybe we attend church twice a month. Maybe we have a routine that we're in. But maybe some of us in the room, we don't pray at all. And here's what I would say is that reflects that we really don't believe in God. Maybe others of us in the room, we pray, pray what I call selfish prayers. The, the bless me, comfort me, help me type of prayer. You believe in God, God exists, but you believe in God exists for you. And here's the problem with these types of people is these people get offended when God doesn't do what he says he'll do. And we get mad at God. Maybe some of us pray the small prayers. You don't believe that God can answer the big prayers. Or maybe a lot of students have done this. They pray the last resort prayer. Lord, help me on this test because I didn't study last night. Some of you that are former students, graduates, (laughs) you've prayed that prayer. A lot of you in this room, I see you shaking your head. Yeah, I prayed that (laughs) on that algebra test. I still haven't figured out algebra sometimes. Numbers, X's, and emojis. I don't understand how they put all that together. (laughs) But it's a last resort prayer. It's, it's things we say, things like this. We've done all we can do, so well, I guess we are to pray now. But these are the types of prayers that we pray. But I want you to think about over the last week, I'm not asking a lifetime, I want you to look at over the last seven days. Think about everything you prayed for over the last seven days. I want you to think about that. Now, I'm not going to pause very long because I've been told this morning that there's a trap door that opens up at noon and I've got to be done by noon. That's what I've been told. So I've got to keep moving. 
But maybe some of you are in the category of you didn't pray at all. Maybe some of you just don't remember what you prayed. Maybe some of you are thinking about some things that you prayed for. Maybe you prayed for, if you're single in the room, you prayed that God send me the right one. Or maybe that you're at a job where you had not had a raise in several years and you're praying, Lord, I would just love to have a raise. I would just love to be appreciated. Maybe some of you are praying for a new house or to sell your house. By the way, it's a great market to sell in. But maybe you're praying for a loved one to be healed from COVID as COVID has, has ransacked our, our, our area and our world today. Maybe you're praying for your marriage or a friend's marriage to get better. Whatever it is, chances are the only thing that would be different would be the things that are close to your circle. Because what we do is we pray for the things that are closest to us. While there's nothing wrong with those things, I want to challenge you to step out of your comfort zone this morning. I want to challenge you this morning. I'm not here to step on your toes. I'm here to encourage you this morning. Is that all right? Can can anybody use some encouragement this morning? Amen. We could all use a little encouragement. Our theme this year for underlying theme that we've told all of our, our testimonies and our, and our worship teams and, and everybody that's involved, our speaker for fills of faith, just been hope. It just feels hopeless right now. A lot of death around us. But, but folks, I, I got good news for you this morning. First off, I get really excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ, but there's hope for us this morning. Amen. There's hope for us. But I want to challenge you this morning to take your prayer life from a depressed, self-centered prayer life and begin to pray bold prayers. Prayers that maybe even scare you and make you a little bit nervous. Prayers that say, God, I need you to move in this area of my life. God, I'm asking you to save every student in New Boston ISD. And some of you are looking at me going, there's no way possible. Do you serve the same God I do? He can do it. I'm asking you to pray bold prayers. You want to make a big difference in the world? It's time for us to pray boldacious prayers. I want us to talk about Peter this morning. We'll get to Acts chapter 4, but leading up to Acts chapter 4 and and chapter 2, verses 14 through 41, Peter preached boldly and 3,000 people came to know Jesus. It's right after Pentecost and they're trying to get an explanation. Peter just begins to share the gospel. And 3,000 come to know Jesus Christ. It was the original fields of faith. Kidding. It was the original evangelism event. They begin to ask the question and Peter began to answer the question. And they begin to wonder, how is this? And they begin to believe in Jesus Christ. Then Peter and John in Acts chapter 3. There, it's the man at the gate beautiful. And on their way to a prayer meeting at the church, if you will. They're walking in. It says they are on their way to prayer. If you read it in your scripture, verses 1 through 22. Excuse me. Acts 3, 1 through 10. And, and they say to this man, silver and gold have I none, but rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. So he's seen 3,000 people come to know Christ. He's seen a man that has been healed. And now we're going to land in Acts chapter 4 and Peter and John are arrested and they're put on trial because 3,000 people come to know Jesus and because a man at the gate beautiful is healed. And they begin to ask Peter and John, 
specifically, Peter, whose name are you doing this in? And we land in verse 23, and it says, as soon as they were freed. So Peter and John have been put in jail. They've been put in prison. And, And you'll notice that when they're on trial, they were astonished in realizing that they had been with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to be recognized that I've been with Jesus. I want to be recognized that there's something different about myself. There's, he's been with Jesus. It's just that simple. But in verse 23 through 24, as soon as they were freed, so they're set free, Peter and John found the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. And all the believers united as they lifted their voices in what? Prayer to God. I'm reading out the NLT, the New Living Translation. They lifted their voices in prayer to God. All of the who? The believers. All of the church. All of us began to lift their voices in prayer to God. There's something about praying together. In Matthew 18, 20, it says where two or three are gathered in his name, it says what? He is there with us. See, there's something about corporate conversation with Jesus where we all come together and we begin to pray for the same thing. One of my favorite coaches and teams in football is Clemson University and Dabo Sweeney. Obviously, I love his stance for for Christ, but I have the opportunity every summer to be with two of his coaches at a coach's camp. Coach Streeter, that's his quarterback's coach. I keep teasing Coach Streeter, you've never had to coach in your life. I mean, you have... First off, you have uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, who has to coach that guy? He's pretty good at at football. And now he's got DJ, whatever his name is. It's a weird last name. He's from Hawaii, I guess. But there's nothing wrong with that, Hawaiians. Lord, take me there now. (laughs) But and I have the opportunity to be with the defensive backs coach at at camp as well, Coach Reed. But one of the things that Coach Sweeney does is they call it the champion's walk. And they'll do a little warm-up session, but they get at the 20-yard line and they line up. Now, I'm not going to have you all line up with me this morning, but it's like all of us lining up at the 20-yard line. And they go arm-in-arm. Coach Sweeney's right in the middle of them. And together, they all walk towards the goal line. And they cross in the goal line, and then all of a sudden, the team breaks out and they go into or individual drills, and they do that. I've sat in the stadium. Angie and I got to go to the Cotton Bowl when they beat Notre Dame. I got to go, we got to go to the national championship in California and they did it at both places and there's something that electrifies that crowd when there's a sign of unity as they come together. I mean, the Clemson fans go nuts. I mean, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And I begin to look and go, man, what would it be like if we at this church begin to go arm in arm and begin to do that right there? A friend of mine is, that's been our speaker at Fields of Faith and uh, over the last three weeks is, is Stephen Mackey. And, and Coach Mackey, he's, he's got a curriculum called Two Words that's on over a thousand campuses in the state of Texas and reaches a half million students per month. And, and he and I have talked a lot about this whole thing of just being together. What would it be like if we unified and took steps together? What would it be like if we as begin to move together as one? And that's what we see in Acts 4, the second part of verse 24. 
suddenly we see a move that happens together. Everybody say together. Together. Together we move forward. Together we do something. And they begin to pray. Everybody say it. Together. They begin to pray together. It says, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them. You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor, King David, your servant, saying, why did the nations rage? Why did the people waste their time with futile plans? Verse 26, the kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord, against his, the, his Messiah. That is what has happened here in this city. They are identifying the issue within the city. Do you notice that? Now, I'm not going to stand up here and identify the issues that are within our city and with our county. But what I am telling you is that we are in a spiritual battle. Hello. Making sure we're on here. We are in a spiritual battle. The scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air. There is a spiritual battle. Battle, And you can believe what you want to believe, but there is a spiritual battle that is taking place with this current generation that we're raising. The enemy wants to take this generation out because there is, it wants to sequester and to press down the voice of this younger generation. Because the goal is, what I believe the goal is, is for Christianity to skip a generation. And I've got a friend of mine that is a, a, a missionary in Scotland, and he says, I have seen it skip a generation, and the signs that have happened in Scotland are the same signs that are happening in America. Because what the enemy wants to do is create confusion. Think about the confusion with COVID. Hello? Some of you are like, man, you you bold to be stepping up. We're talking about bold Asia's prayer this morning. But I'm talking about there's confusion. The enemy wants to bring confusion among us. And I'm not standing up here trying to tell you what to do with COVID. It is up to you. But I am going to say this, is that for many times we've got this battle between the enemies come in and try to make it the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated, mass versus unmasked, and all of these different things. Listen, it's time for us to come together as the body of believers, whether you wear a mask or don't wear a mask, link arms and begin to pray and seek God and move forward one-to-one because we've got a championship to win because the king is coming back soon. And we've got to stop all of this stuff. We've got to stop letting the world influence the church. We are the church of Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what they're saying. We're the church. The enemies come at us, but we're going to turn to the king that has already won the battle on the cross once and for all. Verse 26, it says, The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord, against the Messiah. That is what happened to our city. For Herod Antipas Pontius Pilate and governor, the Gentiles and the people of Israel are all united against Jesus, your holy servant whom you anointed. In fact, everything they did occurred according to your eternal will and plan. They acknowledged, first thing they did is they acknowledged they needed God in their situation. See, this is coming from the heart. This prayer is coming from the heart of a church that is doing ministry. 
Not talking about ministry, but doing ministry. James 1 and 22 says, well, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you will only be fooling yourselves. Two prayers very quickly this morning and we'll finish up. In your conversation this, with Jesus this week, I'm asking you to pray two boldacious prayers or two bold prayers. You see, prayer is the thing that will turn the tide of our city, our country, our state, and our world. The first prayer I'm asking you to pray is pray for boldness. Pray for boldness. Acts 9, 29. Let's move on down and keep moving in Acts 4. Acts 4, 29. And now, O Lord, they continue their prayer. And now, O Lord, hear their threats. And give your servants great boldness in their preaching. Isn't boldness what got them in trouble? Isn't boldness what caused the problem? It's what got them thrown in jail? Because Peter was bold enough to stand up and see 3,000 come to know Jesus? Wasn't it Peter's boldness that said to the lame man, Arise and walk at the gate beautiful? Isn't it boldness that got him in trouble? And here they are saying, Hey, boldness. Lord, give them boldness. And, and here's our problem today is we're like, hey, you need to lighten up on the Jesus thing. You, you just kind of need to lay low. Don't embarrass yourself. Here's what I'm saying. Boldness is a behavior born out of belief. That's where we started this morning. Boldness is a behavior born out of belief. Here's my opinion. Here's my thought. Here's where I'm at. I believe the gospel still works today. want to see miracles share the gospel at fields of faith this week as it impacts this community directly or two weeks ago there's a young lady that from this town sophomore in high school we shared the gospel students were responding to the gospel as we had prayer team members down and our altar workers we're gathering information and praying and hey why'd you come down a friend of mine's wife got to visit with her, and she didn't come down for it. She said, I'm addicted to drugs, and I just need to get off of them. You say, that's not happening in our school. Yes, it is. Another young lady looks at her and says, I, I, I come down because if we go back into lockdown with COVID, I don't know that I'll make it, down, make it out because it took me to a very dark place, and I just need help. See, when you share the gospel, miracles begin to happen. And I challenge you this morning as a church body that it's time for us to pray for boldness for us to share the gospel. Because when we begin to pray for boldness, suddenly there's a shift in how we look at church. Once again, the church becomes a place of celebration and not a place of, of where we have to go to, but we get to go to. Suddenly we, we move from being a monument to a movement once again. Suddenly there's a shift in our spirit and in our heart that we're excited to be living for a king of kings and the Lord of lords when we begin to pray for boldness. They're in the face of adversity and say, Lord, give me boldness. What we've done as a church is we've said, Lord, help me hide. No, they're saying I'm no longer going to hide. I want to be bold in my faith. That's what I want to challenge us to be is to be bold 
in our faith. My prayer is, Lord, make us bold. What would happen if you asked somebody or someone asked you to pray for them and you had the boldness to pray right then? Whether you're at Walmart, you're at McDonald's, you're at Danny's Donuts. We stopped there this morning. That was a pretty good place. <laughs> Wherever you are, they just said, hey, keep, me in your pr- keep us in your prayers. I'm just so-and-so sick. I had a coach call me one day. Hey, man, I just need you to keep my prayers. Man, my mom's, she's sick. They don't know what's wrong with her. She's unconscious. and They, they, don't, they, can't, they don't know what to do. I said, well, hey, let's pray right now. Man, we began to pray on the phone, and he called me, or he told me later that night because he got tied up on some things. He said, man, I started doing the timetable. The moment we prayed, she came back to life, and things began to change and move. See, too many times we, we say, oh, I'll be praying for you. You know, it becomes the Christian answer. I'll be praying for you. I'll, I'll be praying for you. Yep, yep, keep me updated. I'll be praying for you. When really, in reality, we don't. I'm asking us, what would be if we called a timeout right there and said, let's pray right now. And I'm not asking you to fling your coat and be all crazy. Just, Lord, right now, we just pray for this situation, that you would touch it and you would heal, you would transform, whatever the situation is. When you invite the King of kings and the Lord of lords in the situation, things begin to change. The gospel still works. Conversations with Jesus can happen anywhere. When you pray for it, God will give you boldness. And the last one is a pray for miracles. Now, I know this is for some of us that's controversial whether miracles are real or not. I'm going to tell you, somebody coming to know Jesus Christ is a miracle in itself. Because they were in darkness and now they're walking in the light. That's the greatest miracle that could ever happen on the face of the earth. And when I can tell you that over the last three weeks that I've seen 271 students come to know Jesus for the very first time, that impacts me. That's 271 miracles that have taken place over the last three weeks. And we've got one more to go in Magnolia, Arkansas, and I'm believing for another 100 at that one. See, in verse 30 of Acts 4, it says, Send your healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. See, most of us, we just want to pray, be with us, give us traveling mercies. Thank you for this day. And there's nothing wrong with those things. And I'm saying don't stop praying for the small things. I'm asking us to pray for the big things. You know, it says to the miraculous signs, and here's what I would say is, what does a sign do? A sign sends a message. It points us to the real thing. See, miracles can happen anywhere we are. See, and what I would precaution you of is that we put a clause in. Now, Lord, if it's your will, listen, it's God's will for people to be healed. It's God's will for people to be set free. It's God's will for us to live in freedom. It's God's will. He wants us to live that way. We've just got to invite him to be a part of it. And as the musicians come this morning, I challenge you this morning, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to give God a chance.
May our faith be big enough to handle no and not yet. May our faith in Christ be big enough that if we get a no or God's delay, let's understand God's delay is not his denial. I challenge you with two prayers this morning. Pray for boldness and pray for miracles. And I know maybe this is a little different message than maybe you're used to, a little different approach. It's two different personalities. But here's what I want us to do this morning as we close is is they're going to sing a song and I'll be down front. And maybe this morning you have a situation in your life you just need somebody to pray with you about. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to have that opportunity to agree together, to put our faith together and see what God does. Because it says where two or three are gathered, he's there in our midst. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for this morning, and I thank you for an opportunity to share your word. Lord, I ask you that over these next few moments, that as we reflect, that our faith will be renewed, that you will restore hearts this morning. And God, I ask you that if there's anybody in this place that doesn't have a relationship with you, that, God, they find that relationship this morning. Lord, if there's hopes and dreams that have been shattered, that you rebuild hopes and rebuild dreams in this place. Lord, for those that may have lost a loved one or those that have got someone that's in the hospital suffering, Lord, we just pray healing over them right now in the name of Jesus, that you would touch their body that you heal them and restore them and make them whole. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.